from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. For my personal experience,、um, actually, I got caught three times in China. In 2006, Grace Joe spent several harrowing days with the surviving members of her family escaping from North Korea. Hers is the dramatic story about how she lost her father, grandmother, older sister, older brother, and two younger brothers to starvation and mysterious disappearances. My younger brother and I was were almost like ten days starved straight.、Uh, we only drank、uh, we only drank、uh, cold water, and、uh, there's no meal we can find. And on this program, just a few days ahead of the South Korean Olympics, an Olympics in which North Korea will participate, she has serious misgivings about North Korean leader Kim Jong Un's motives for wanting to participate and engaging with the South. A few months ago, he wanted to shoot the missiles and try try to start a war,、mm-hmm. and now he want to join the Olympic with the South Korea. All of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden. And she's suspicious. So, in, in other words, you're you're suspicious of the motive. Yes. She thinks there's something serious and risky at play here, and she'll detail her concerns on this edition of Target USA, the National Security Podcast. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. DC is repeatedly mentioned as some place they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back, and on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Target USA. I'm JJ Green. You might remember late 2016, and then again in 2017, we talked to you about a young woman by the name of Grace Joe. Grace made a very dangerous and courageous and harrowing escape from North Korea. Grace is joining us again today. Because, as many of you know, the Olympics is coming up very soon in South Korea, and the North has agreed to participate with South Korea and with the rest of the world in these Olympics. But we don't want it to be lost. What's at stake here? And I don't think that there's a better person to help us understand what's at stake here than Grace Joe, who made a huge sacrifice, and her family members. Made a significant sacrifice for what the South, the West, and everyone around the world, seemingly, hopefully now North Korea too, are trying to achieve, and that is the liberation of the people of North Korea and the reunification of the North and the South and the North with the rest of the world. So, Grace, thank you for being here today. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's my privilege to be invited again by WTOP, and it's my privilege to. Um, do this radio program again with the JJ Green. Thank you, thank you. First, for those not familiar with your story, tell us briefly, and I know this is going to be hard to do, but tell us the highlights about the day you escaped. What led up to it?、Um, well, from a long and a lot of occasions, I can pick、uh, one、um, escape. Moment 
Uh, I think that was uh, back in 2006, which is the last escape from my family. Well, from North Korea. Uh, my family was three people, which is my mother and my older sister and me. Three of us were holding hands. Um, it was a really dark night around like 10 o'clock in the evening. And we were hiding in the um, brush, like tree branches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we were hiding and wait until the moment comes. Um, at the time, we hired a soldier who was watching that river. Um, so he gave us a signal says, well, we are okay to cross the river. So when we saw that signal, we three of them, three of us, we were holding hands and we crossed the river by swimming. Um, the river uh, reached my mom's hip and almost my chest. So when the cold water reached my chest, I was hard to breathe. And a lot of thinking just comes up at that moment, like, oh, are we going to die? Or what if someone shoot us at the back? Or what kind of life will we will face in front of us? And all kinds of uh, um, difficult thoughts uh, crossed in my mind. However, about uh, 20 or 30 minutes later, we finally made it to China's side. Uh, but there's another challenge faced us, which is deep, uh, like a steep mountain, uh, rocky mountain. Um, because no one mm -hmm. crossed that area. So it was really um, uh, steep and it was dangerous. Mm -hmm. And it was really um, difficult for us to cross to the um, road. Mm -hmm. However, we made it mm -hmm. and we made it today. You know, I could listen to that story forever because it's a story of unparalleled courage for two young people and their mother who sacrificed everything to get out of there. And along the way, you lost some relatives too. Tell us about that. Yes, um, I had a big family. Actually, I'm the fourth child in the family. And I had two younger brothers, two older sisters, and one uh, older brother. Um, but back in 1998, my oldest sister got missing because we had no food to eat and she was looking for food. Uh, but like one week passed and she never returned and um, my grandmother she passed away and my father he tried to rescue us like by searching food so he went to china to get a help from his relatives but on the third trial um he got caught by the regime and he got punished and i never saw him again um so my two younger brothers they died by starvation and uh, mm -hmm. my older brother, he died uh, by accident back in uh, 1991. Mm -hmm. um, so all my family just scattered and uh, we all, I, I lost almost all family mm -hmm. members except my mother and my older sister. Mm -hmm. But Grace, I can tell you today, your being here today is a true symbol of what it means for someone to have just the will to continue. And we, we thank you. We thank you and your mother and your sister and your entire family, even those that were lost, for your sacrifice. And they will never, never be forgotten. I can guarantee you that Target USA and I will make sure that they are never forgotten and nor you and your sister and mom. So thank you for your, your sacrifice and your story. Thank you very much. I'm hoping this story will spread to the yeah. world and remember not only our family mm -hmm. sacrificed um, by the regime, mm -hmm. but there's uh, more than 30,000 uh, North Korean defectors they sacrificed um, during 
1998. Um, and still, there are many families, young children and grandmothers, they got abandoned on the street by the government, and they are just dying there. Mm-hmm. And during winter season is the very difficult season in North Korea, which is they don't have any plants to eat. They don't have any grains to pick from the farm. They don't have anything to eat during the winter. So they have to suffer and just go through without um, any food. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why many people, they die on the street. But of course, government controls very well. So like visitors they will never see the dead bodies on the street because they collect them before visitors see them Mm -hmm. so actually the reality now in north korea it's getting worse never Mm -hmm. getting better Mm -hmm. so i trying to um i'm hoping uh where the people can remember all those um innocent citizens who are still dying in north korea well that's a part of your appearance today on this program this is also the time when it should be uh, a happy and celebrated time, too, on the Korean Peninsula because the Olympics are about to start in South Korea. And a part of the reason for what I say should be happiness is it's the time when the world comes together. And North Korea, the government of North Korea, has agreed to participate uh, this time and um there's some thought about possibly having a, a, a unified delegation march in from the north and the south. And there has been talk as well about a, a unified women's hockey team or some unified participation in the sports. And it, it, it opens the possibility, at least in the mind, that there may be uh, an opening for the two to um, come together after so so long and, and so much tragedy and so much difficulty. A lot clearly would have to be done in terms of talking and discussions uh, and, and changes clearly from the North with its nuclear program and its missile program and its human rights program uh, issues, as you mentioned. But I'm curious to know for our audience what your thoughts are about North Korea's participation in the Olympics, the agreement to do so. Um, I think if we go back to history, the North Korean um, teams, they did participate some of the Olympics before. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they didn't make through to the certain stage, but they just give up and returned. And s- some teams, I also remember that um, they made some stupid mistake and then they never agreed um, to mm-hmm. the world. So. When I see those and if I see current situation, I feel like maybe they try to participate, but they are not really into it. Um, well, I don't know, maybe new leader, they try to change the system and they try to get uh, involved more uh, into uh, world um, sports mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I don't think that 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 will means a lot mm-hmm. uh, because they will not give up the nuclear weapons and they will not improve human rights issues mm-hmm. and they will never hear citizens' voice mm-hmm. and they will keep ignore the world human rights groups' voices. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it will change a lot uh, to their citizens. But um, in positive points, we can say um, maybe... Um, the system in North Korea, they're mm-hmm. trying to 
um, step, uh, one step uh, uh, like forward mm-hmm. into world um, national uh, community. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't see a lot of changes from that. So, in, in other words, you're you're suspicious of the motive to participate in the Olympics. You you're you're not you're not certain that Kim Jong Un or his regime is really interested in rejoining the world community, but there may be some other, other motive. Is that correct? Um, yes. Grace Jo, who's escaped from North Korea's horrors, says she's not so sure about the motives behind Kim Jong-un's sudden warm-up to the South. A few months ago, he wanted to shoot the missiles and try, try to start a war. Mm-hmm. And now he want to join the Olympic with the South Korea. All of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden. You will hear her explain in detail why she's suspicious and why she thinks there may be a quid pro quo involved when we return on Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Before the break, Grace Joe, 26 years old, who escaped from North Korea in 2006, recounted her story, her harrowing story of how she did it. She's also been talking to us about politics in North Korea and the South and the West, and she told us just before the break she was concerned that North Korea may not be sincere about this whole idea of warming up to the south. We pick it up now. So in, in other words, you're you're suspicious of the motive to participate in the Olympics. You you're you're not you're not certain that Kim Jong Un or his regime is really interested in rejoining the world community, but there may be some other, other motive. Is that correct? Um yes, that that's well, what I that that's well, what I think. What 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 do you think may be his objective? Uh, it's a little hard, <laughs> mm. um, but like a few months ago, he wanted to shoot the missiles and try try to start a war, mm-hmm. and now he want to join the Olympic with the South Korea. All of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden. So it changes so suddenly, and um, um, they always said, "Well, South Korea is their enemy now, and they don't want to work together," and so and so. But suddenly they be, want to become uh, one team in in Olympics. So, to me, it's it's very um, suspicious. Like maybe North Korea got something from South Korea, or mm-hmm. um, they they want something from South Korea later, or um, what well, they they already fulfilled their needs. I don't know. Uh, but I I think North Korea uh, will not involve without any cost. Yeah, so basically, that's, that's there, right. you think there is a bribe involved? I think so. Something North Korea got something in return, some some money or some kind of yeah, help. not even not yet. Maybe they will look for something mm-hmm. later. So, if that were the case, if that's the case, um, do you think it was a good idea to do that to to give them something for this? Do you think? Well, as a citizen, no, because that will um, strengthen their government more. Mm-hmm. Um, and once the government got strengthened and powerful, the citizens are suffering there mm-hmm. so because citizens' voice will get uh, powerless. Mm-hmm. So as a citizen, I don't agree. But um, if that brings peace, maybe temporarily that might work. 
Mm-hmm. But for long run, for North Korean citizens, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's a good idea. And speaking of the citizens, there's talk again between the South and the North about reunification. What do you think the citizens of the North think of that? Well, they probably don't even know about it based on the communication system there, because I don't think they get news like we do here in the West and even in the South. But um, what do you think uh, of this talk? And if the North Korean citizens knew about it, how would they feel? Um, reunification can be happen very easily or very complicated, I see. Mm. Uh, but um, in citizens' commu- community, if I think their mental uh, thoughts, it will be very easy because they're hungry there and they want some change. So they would like this. Yeah, they would like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if government announced to them, say, well, it's, we are already reunified, and you can travel to South freely, then many citizens, they will love to explore. Mm-hmm. And of course, they always wanted to have a reunification for a long time. Mm-hmm. Of course, the style is a little different, but um, the regular citizens, their only hope is reunify with the South Korea and they can reunify with their family members. Mm-hmm. So that's the only uh, main goal that citizens dreaming about. So uh, once we... Um, reunified, it will be very easy. But on South Korean side, of course, they worry about the economic issues and financial situations. They think about more uh, calculating parts. But in North Korea side, of course, citizens will not think about that part. But they only think about reunification. And I want some freedom and I want some change. That's mm-hmm. all citizens' voice are. Do you have any extended family still in North Korea? Um. I have long uh, distant relatives. Distant relatives. And do you have any in South Korea? Yes. So have you heard anything from your relatives in either the South or the North about all of this? Well, when I uh, sent back to North Korea forcefully, of course I met my relatives, but they afraid to mention all those things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very difficult. De- dangerous for them Mm -hmm. so they don't mention anything and remind us again when you were sent back to north korea what time year that years Um, that was that was 2006 okay and that was just before you actually successfully escaped yes okay so So you were sent so you were sent back to north korea and your relatives were afraid please continue uh yes so even though well, not not only my relatives, um, all citizens, mm-hmm. um, they do afraid about their government, so they mm-hmm. will not speak out to the public about their regime or their thoughts. They have no right to speak out mm-hmm. their own thoughts. So I didn't see that. But when I walked by the street market, one grandmother, she, I heard her, she was complaining about the regime. Mm-hmm. Um, said, well, why our life has to be this difficult and when this regime gonna change and uh, uh, when this life can be better and so and so so i shocked when i hear that uh, mm-hmm. because back in 2003 uh, when i sent to back like all atmosphere in north korea is like uh, covered with fear and they never able to speak out all those complaints on the public mm-hmm. but back in 2006 um i heard when grandma was speaking mm-hmm. out and many uh, young women listening mm-hmm. that complain on mm-hmm. the next to her but they didn't react to anything. So uh, it was 
big change. Yeah, and let's remind our audience who did not hear the first podcast with Grace Joe. You were sent back multiple times. You tried to escape multiple times before you actually successfully escaped, correct? Yes. Tell yes. us. Um, well, the first escape was happened in 1998, July, and the second escape happened in 2002 or three, and the last escape happened in 2006. So I escaped it three times, and I sent it back two times to mm-hmm. Korea. And life wasn't easy when you were caught. Um, yeah, so, so when I got caught by Chinese officials, um, we will go through like tortures and um, um, mm-hmm. interviews and all those documentation. And only they want to know is what kind of Chinese citizens helped us. Mm-hmm. And they want to f- like follow with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so after we finished our uh, documentation, we will send it back to North Korea by bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment we arrived in North Korea, like, we well the officers from north korea will tell us that from this moment you have to remember you are not a human being you will be same as uh um you will same as an animal so that means we have no right as a human being so we have to follow whatever they say we have to provide whatever they want so um that's that's the experience the first impression from the government officials and of course life in prison is not really easy. Yeah. Do you think that is still the same, still the same in China, that uh, point that you mentioned, uh, you were told when you were caught, you're no, you're not going to be treated as a human being. Do you think that that mentality amongst those officials and the people, the guards, et cetera, is still the same? Um, in China side, actually, they expanded the programs to um, catch North Korean refugees in China. Uh, they also formed special um, Korean Chinese of- officer groups. Um, they only trained it to uh, find North Koreans on public area, like a bus, taxi, train, and um, all those transportation areas, shopping malls. Mm-hmm. So in Yanbian area and in the north side of China, it's it's very hard for North Koreans to leave, even though they got married and they lived in China for 10 years. There's no exception. So they will get, ca- uh, get caught and then they will... Send mm-hmm. North Korea forcefully, mm-hmm. and the North Korean government side, of course, they never got changed. Um, my father, he passed away uh, in 1997. Uh, the regime acts exactly same uh, back in 2006. So, North Korean regime they barely changes at all. So, th- the system of government, of course, they mm-hmm. never get changed. We got off track a bit, but I'm glad we did because you told us some very rich detail about your story. Uh, I want to get back to this um, North Korea, South Korea relative scenario. You talked about the fact that people in North Korea were reluctant, most likely still reluctant, if they know anything, to say anything about, you know, the Olympics, et cetera, or the, the possibilities. But you said you have relatives in the South as well. Have you had any contact with them, and do they say anything to you about how they feel about uh, uh, this I possibility? I have my aunt in Korea, mm-hmm. and uh, she's, she's very very busy with um, um, surviving. Mm, um, I can imagine. Yeah, so we barely um, have a conversation with the Kakao Talk and uh, like Korean app, mm-hmm. um, but we only 
like exchange the words, greeting words, and um, like updates for security reasons. Right. So yeah. we we don't mention all those politic issues mm-hmm. and so and so. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though relatives in South Korea, we don't talk about a lot from mm-hmm. Korean uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Olympics? Might change anything. Well, I hope uh, <laughs> it will bring a lot of change in Korean Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, reunification with the peacefully, or uh, for example, um, the world um, knows the beauty of Korean um, people in uh, Korean continent. Um, so. Like for many years in the USA, we only talk about the nuclear weapons and political uh, disasters and all those uh, human rights abuses. And we have been hearing it like like negative mm-hmm. uh, stories from even either South Korea or either North Korea. Both of them, they always mention about the negative stories. So I feel very sad because uh, North Koreans or South Koreans, we have a beauty of our culture and beauty of our people but that kind of beauty never exposed to international world so through this olympic i hope world people can see all those beauty and through that uh, remember all those north korean people that are suffering and dying mm-hmm. without exploding those beauty in their um inner uh heart mm-hmm. so i really hope um god can give them a mercy and yes, give them absolutely uh, opportunity to leave a moment like a human being. Um, that's my goal, and that's what I'm hoping through this whole. Grace, it's been a supreme pleasure to talk to you again. And is there anything else that you would like to add that I haven't asked you about? Because I've been very selfish in asking all the questions and 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 steering the conversation. Is there something you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you about? Um, no, I think um, I think I covered almost uh, important okay. thoughts from me. Okay. Well, Grace, Gangsa Ham Nida. Thank you very much. And what I believe I said was thank you, and you are the best. Thank you. Thank was you. that correct? Yes, it's perfect. Thank you for your help. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Grace Joe. She escaped from North Korea in 2006, but not before a great deal of sacrifice, losing a number of members of her family. But she has never stopped fighting for those left behind in North Korea. In addition to being a college student, she's also the vice president of an organization called North Korean Refugees in the United States, or NK in USA. I can guarantee you, you'll be hearing more from Grace Joe in the coming years on the world stage. And you'll be hearing more from us about North Korea on this program. And in the meantime, coming up on the next episode of Target USA. Two things keep me up at night. An exclusive interview with David Pekoski, the administrator for the Transportation Security Administration. One of those things that keeps him up. The folks that we don't know anything about that may present a threat. Those, those self-radicalized individuals um, that uh, for all intents and purposes might not appear uh, as, they're, as they're booking a ticket. The ongoing fight against terrorists, criminals, and other nefarious people and organizations that are intent on attacking the aviation system. Coming up next on Target USA. Thank you for listening. 
and thank you for your support. Please subscribe to our podcast and also let me know what you think. Send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa, jgreen at wtop.com. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hi, this is Ben Dominich, the host of the Federalist Radio Hour. We're a daily show coming to you five days a week from Washington, D.C., where we interview our nation's top journalists, politicians, authors, chefs, economists, entertainers, and more. If you're looking for a contrarian discussion on news, politics, or culture, give us a listen and subscribe at podcastone.com, the new Podcast One app, or at Apple Podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.